0: Well, kia ora and thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Coach's Corner podcast. Um, and what a guest we have on today. I'm so happy that we have the great Laurie McDaniel with us today. She's got a massive passion um for a beloved sport of basketball, being a player and a coach for so many years. And when she's not on the court side, uh, you might be able to find her in some downtime being a sports masseuse. Um, so getting out
1: therapist that's oh, a therapist. Therapist. Sorry,
0: therapist. Sorry. therapist thanks very much yeah, yeah. a sports therapist so um she's definitely got those magic hands um when it comes to recovery and training so welcome to the pod Laurie how are you
1: I'm good thank you very much it's uh, nice to be here thanks for having me on today I appreciate it
0: uh, it's our pleasure we've also um pretty blessed to have the epic Liz Worthington um, as a co-host today so as everybody should remember Liz is our female rugby league here with participation in both playing and coaching or anything female rugby so she's going to probably add a lot more um, value to this podcast than I can mm-hmm. so um looking forward to jumping in so Laurie can you we will we'll jump straight into it Laurie can no. you just kind of explain or take us on a wee adventure how did you get into coaching what got you in there did someone inspire you to pick up a whistle?
1: Yep. Hey, so um, first and foremost, the fact that you introduced me is great is a lot of pressure. Um, <laughs> so just something to think about there for you. And you also said many years, many oh, years. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I I guess coaching wise, I um, I didn't start coaching really until so I played college, US college basketball. And uh, when you do that, a lot of times in the summers to make money, you work basketball camps and things like that. So that's probably where I first started coaching. Um, And like many people, um, my mother was my first coach at all things. Um, So I just kind of grew up around people coaching a lot, people that I knew, and then coached a little bit in college. And then when I was done playing I coached a little bit. I coached my son like a lot of people do as well. You coach your children. I did that horribly. Um, And then it wasn't until I moved back to New Zealand and someone did the old, oh, you played, you should coach, um, that I started coaching a lot more and also doing that horribly. Um, And then I had the privilege of moving into working in sport, which we um, obviously are very privileged to do. And once that happened and I got to go to a lot of courses and watch a lot of other coaches and really think about what coaching actually meant, it wasn't until then that I probably started learning about the art of coaching. Before that, I just was like, oh, yeah, you know, you yell at people and Mm -hmm. make them do stuff you were made to do. And, yeah, that's what everyone knows coaching is. So that's kind of how that started for me. And hopefully I'm not quite the same as I was when I started uh, probably Seriously, probably eight, eight or nine years ago is when I got into coaching pretty hardcore.
0: Yeah. Oh, what a what an epic journey. Tell us about um it's cool that you mentioned your mum being your first coach. What yep. do you remember like on that? Like what sport were you playing at that stage? What what did she do? Sure. What made um, her, what made it great about being a coach?
1: Yeah, so probably we won't let mum listen to this. I think it's probably best for everyone, but um My mum is one of the most competitive people I've ever encountered uh, in my life. And um, we grew up, so I have three siblings and we all grew up playing a lot of sport. And mum was all of our coaches. Um, So she coached me first for netball, then for basketball. Um, And she was the epitome of of an old school coach, like very directive, um, very high standards, you know, I, I guess to her to mum's credit, like I played basketball at a really high level and had a lot of success. And it's probably due to the fact the way my mum coached me. Um I think now she'd acknowledged that potentially not, not a lot of um not a lot of cuddles going on there, not a lot of feel-good mum and daughter moments, but uh boy did she create some pretty decent athletes. So that's probably most what I think about my mum when I think of coaching
0: yeah oh how awesome that's pretty cool I know that um yeah I can probably agree with you there I had my old man as a he coached me and there was nothing in his eyes that I did right so I always got got that feedback that car yeah. ride home was just like car ride to the game was just like this yeah. is what to do today and this is what this is what yeah. I'm going of do. and then you're like oh geez
1: yeah
2: <laughs> was, was, was your mum a pretty good sportswoman herself or did yeah. she get
1: no my mum was an excellent sportswoman she played um netball basketball softball um and she played uh, basketball for New Zealand she played netball at a really high level um she still now works out like an absolute champion distance runs like, um, yeah, she was an excellent sports parent. Um, lucky, well, not lucky, uh, but because my parents divorced, then I had two families and everyone was really sporty. So my um, stepdad was an excellent sports person and so was my dad. So yeah, just lots of sports and high level sport as well around growing up.
0: Yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, um, for our listeners a lot of our conversation today is um is based around a wicked thing that you did um oh it'd be a couple of weeks ago from when we first went well now that we're recording it but that wicked seminar where you got your play got some of yeah. your basketball players come in and you had a wee forum in front of the coaches and the whole discussion was around what makes a great coach or in and, and the players eyes and getting that player's voice um sure. I thought was so outstanding so if we could start instead of starting from what makes a great coach let's try and un- if we can try and understand what makes a good coach what are some of the like foundational characteristics to becoming a good coach that our coaches should start looking into and exploring
1: Yeah, um, to be honest, I feel like a bit of a fraud when we talk about this stuff sometimes. Um, Like one of those things, if you're talking about it, then you should probably be about it. And I know personally it's an ongoing thing um, for me, even though part of my job is coaching coaches. Uh, But the great thing about that is um, you get to see, as you guys would get as well, you get to see so many different people coach in so many different ways. Um, And then obviously we have our accreditations and our... um, you know, our best practices from our sports and from Sport New Zealand. And kind of based on that kind of stuff for me, um, what I've figured out personally is that um good coaches really understand who they are. They've put time and thought into who they are as a person, what they do well naturally, and what they've got to work at a little bit. And then they also really know their players. So they know themselves, they know their players, and then they know they spend time thinking about how they can best serve their players. So it's not about them, it's about their players. Um, And along with that, sprinkling in a little bit of understanding about what good looks like in your sport at the moment. So um, I don't know about rugby, but we've got a lot of highly technical and tactical um, and a lot of knowledgeable people out in our sport. Um, And the ones that are really excelling now are the ones that actually spend a lot of time on themselves and understanding what good looks like in, in sport now in 19, I almost said 1923 yeah. 2023 um, as well as themselves and their players I think gone are the days now where athletes just accept oh yeah you're just whatever your name is and you can do whatever you like I think because of the internet and global nature of sport now athletes often have or bring more knowledge than coaches or think they do um so you've got to be really comfortable with yourself and and have have a high level of awareness I think so that was a very long winded answer
0: yeah no that's a that's a beautiful answer because you've just rattled off a whole bunch of awesome little things and one thing that it'd be cool to kind of dig into is um when you talk about a good coach understands who they are and they feel comfortable in that. How did you do that process? Like was yeah. like what was was it a what was the point that made you go, shit, I need to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I yeah. need I need to know this stuff.
1: Yep. Um so I think probably like many people that have played the sport and then coach it, initially I just started doing and coaching the way I'd been coached into I've had a lot of excellent coaches, or I found a lot of coaches that I've had to be really excellent and helped me a lot. Um, But when I first started, I didn't think about actually, is that method best for the group that I have? I just did what I did. Um, And I think for me, a turning point was me saying to a group of women, I'm not here to be your friend, and I don't care if you don't like me, I'm here to be your coach. And then afterwards going, what the actual fuck, did yeah. I just say out loud to people? Um, so again, because of the, um, I had just started working in sport, I got the opportunity to attend um, some Sport New Zealand and um, Sport Canterbury conferences and things and Listening to other coaches and people that I learned to respect talk about the importance of um, understanding yourself and what that looks like, Um, a really great tool for me was I got the opportunity to have a DISC profile done. So I got some DISC profiling done that kind of outlined my natural behavioral characteristics And what that means maybe when I coach and where some challenges might be and where I could make some changes. Um, And after I did that, and actually, I think even something as simple as at a conference, someone said, you know, it's really important that you know what your players want. And I was like, what? Mm. That's nuts. Mm. They don't know what they want. I'm the coach. But then talking through it. And over a few days, I was like, actually, what a massive ego I have to think that I can just rock in anywhere and go, yeah, you do what I said because I said so, uh, and that everyone then has a good time. Yeah. So it's just, it's been definitely a process, but the disc profiling and talking to other coaches and people locally and internationally about what do they do as a coach that gets success and then understanding that success now for me is that everyone had a, pretty great experience and they're willing to they would play for me again and they would play the sport again um so that's really morphed into the whole from from the whole I'm not here to be a friend yeah, yeah. you don't like me chat yeah
0: for those coaches that are listening in that probably aren't they aren't aware of what disc profiling is yeah. what can you explain to them what it yeah, is
1: absolutely um and this is from my just my understanding of discs. so basically it's Um, it takes you through some questions to establish where you sit in four basic behavioral traits so one is one of the primary traits is um dictator so are you someone that tells people what to do expects things to be done quickly has a high drive um and and is that typical kind of Yell direct kind of person. I know shockingly, you'd be shocked to find that I sit in that quite heavily. (laughs) Um, The other one is an influencer. So you are a people person. You like engaging with people. Again, you move quite quickly, um, but you're very people focused and that you want other people to look at you and listen to you. Also sit in that quite highly. And then the other two, which move at a bit of a slower pace, are, I think, It's a C and it's quite, I believe it's conscientious, so it's um or concise. So it's data based. So the people that are very analytic and they want to know or describe things in great detail and they move quite slowly. And then the fourth one is steady. So people that are very emotionally in tune with others and want to make sure everyone's okay and the environment's really good um, and they're worried about what is in the best interest of everyone. So this profile basically breaks down where you sit. And that wheel, and what those things mean when you're coaching, and what those things mean with you when you're dealing with people that aren't like you. um and one of the glaring things I got was actually it tells you also where some kind of danger things are for you, so how you may react under stress. And it was pretty bang on. and I didn't really care for a lot of the feedback that was in there, but it was really accurate. yeah, and it helped a lot and and just
0: around that, because just while well, you're saying that, it just kind of, my interest around like when you did get that data and you said oh yeah I see myself in this I see Mm -hmm. a lot of myself in this like was that confronting or was it like was it more of a like a aha I get now I get why I do what I do
1: yeah a bit of both to be honest um because I am a a high d high i um I want to move through stuff quickly so I got all this feedback and I just kind of skim read it and some things popped out I was like oh that's bullshit Uh, And then I was like, oh, no, that's right, that's right, that's right. And then I went back and read through it and I was like, ooh, actually, yeah, that is correct and I have done those things or acted that way, um, which I probably wouldn't have reread it maybe 10 years ago. I just sort of been like, oh, whatever, taken what I wanted. Um, But it was, um, yeah, it, it was more two sides of it. Some of it was quite confronting but in a good way. Um, because I had committed to changing and being I wanted I like being good at stuff. So if this was going to help me be good at something, I have to take it on board. Like whether I fully agree with it or not or change, like that's what it told me. So I had to have a look at it.
0: Yeah. Can you remember like what are the like some of the first or what was one of your first major changes that you that you yep. made to
1: Yep. Um, this is horrible to say out loud, but, um, the, one of the first changes I made was actually before we, the next team I had before we even stepped on the court, sitting down with them and asking them what, what were they after that season? Um, what did they like about the sport we played? What did they expect from me as a coach and what was going to be enjoyable for them? Um, And then also sharing with them what my thoughts about that and describing myself to them so that they were aware because I'm loud, I'm emotive, um, I can have a bit of a foul mouth and be quite direct. Um, So I told them that, but I also told them I was working to change some of those things. And it was important to me that I try and reach them where they were at. And I'd never, ever done anything like that ever, ever before. Um, And it was a game changer, man. Was a complete game changer
2: um it's quite amazing like to put yourself in such a vulnerable position to open up and be like okay yeah this is part of my journey too yeah sharing that with with the ones that you're probably trying yeah. to hire and coach and, and yeah. drive to get to where they want to get
1: yeah um I, I definitely think it's um again for me personally it was I decided that I was going to do that because I wanted to change and be different and for me that was a way of creating some accountability. So if I put it out there to others um, and maybe that's not for everyone and potentially that could have gone terribly. Uh, (laughs) But lucky for me, that actually worked out quite well and I still do that now. Um, I will say I've noticed because I coach the last couple of years, I coach men and I still do that with them and I was quite concerned that someone would be more likely to come back at me. And, again, my natural behavior would be to just shut them down and be like, all right, let's go then kind of a situation. (laughs) Um, But that didn't happen with the guys either. They were really open to it and um, I think quite surprised that I was willing to be that vulnerable with them. Um, And that seemed to – but I wasn't apologizing. I think that's really important too. I wasn't apologizing for who I was or making excuses, just saying this is what I'm like this is what I'm trying to do. I just need you to know that. Um, and, so, that's, yeah. and that's
0: probably that bit around expectations, right? Like have, as coaches internally, there's probably, we probably put a lot of expectation on what people think that they might want from a coach, yep. but without asking or opening up those lines of communication,
1: yeah,
0: there's that whole expectation there. That's like, mm. where am I going with this? Like that it's, that they now know who you are as a person and then they can fire back at you. And it's like, sweet, well, this is who I am yeah. as, a, as a player. Yeah. This is what I need. And so there's, now we've got, now we've gone from having expectations to this is the reality that we're living in right now. Yeah.
1: I will say um, the first time I did it was awesome. Great season. Um, and then a, a little bit, um, cause this is my nature as well. I grab something and I go full noise with it. Um, the next couple of years after that, I think I swung way too far towards, um, for me, not athlete centered, but I, I shared with them and then I wanted to know so much about them and what they needed and how I could help them. All of a sudden it came all about them mm-hmm. and then I wasn't able to be naturally myself because I was so focused on them. It wasn't a two-way anymore and that didn't go very well. Um, like I felt like um I'd kind of dropped myself yes. and it was so much about them that now I couldn't be myself naturally at all and I so I think for me that was a massive learning like this swings are roundabouts but the engagement like I'm there as a coach they're there as players it's got to work for all of us and for a couple of years there I kind of forgot about myself and in doing so didn't coach them the the best way that they needed either um yeah so that, it was quite, that was quite that's
2: interesting. what I kind of thought about is how do you find that balance that like mm-hmm. as a coach you're looking yeah. for ways for yourself to grow and develop or evolve yeah. but yeah how do you yeah. do that without losing track of who you are as a person and probably what what made you good to begin with and why people wanted to be around you and why you keep getting reappointed as a coach in different environments is how do you manage that balance? How do you
1: find the balance? Yeah, Yeah, that's a great question. And if anyone can come up with that answer immediately, that'd be (laughs) great. But um, for, for me, it was actually going back to my disc profile and part of the thing that I like about it is it talks about if you try to change yourself too much, you snap like a rubber band, you can only change so much. So it's having an awareness. So I kind of reflected and went, all right, actually for me, yes, I need engagement. Yes, we need to have clear communication, but ultimately this is who I am. That's how you are. Let's figure out a way that that's going to work best. And having team values and expectations are a good way to come back to those things. So it's not on one or the other. It's actually we've established these things. So we're going to, live up to these things that we all agreed upon um rather than it just being oh the players want this and this and this and this great what is that actually going to look like and is that going to work for me as a coach because pe- potentially you're going to come across a, a group that maybe go oh actually I think we need to find you another coach because this this is not that's I'm not the person that's going to help you do the things you want to do um I've not encountered that yet but I'm sure that that would happen right people are saying what they want and if it's completely different than what I want need either I need to be okay with doing things that aren't me naturally mm-hmm. or somebody else should probably be doing it
0: yeah I really like that point is like is that going to work for me as a coach like is are they my strengths right because as coaches we get our players and we put bring them we bring this team or this unit together and we want them to play to their strengths and so we adjust as a like they're just as important um, as part, probably the most important part of the team.
1: Yep.
0: And our whole mission is to try and get their strengths to yep. out on the field so that we can, um, so that they can do what they need to do. But then our strength as a coach, that self awareness to be like, what are my strengths? Because with that group, with that group, because I'm also an integral part of the team. Yep. And if I'm not working to my strengths, and these are whatever my strengths are. They're not going to get the best. I'm not going to be able to get out of them for what they need,
1: yeah.
0: So that's that's real cool. I've found that a really cool point that you just um said there.
2: Mm.
0: Um, and throughout this whole thing of trying to understand what a good coach is, it sounds like it's from what I'm hearing a lot of self awareness. This is where self awareness comes in. So it's not like the X's and O's, it's just being self aware that going. Crap! I've got. I I have some gaps. Yep. And
1: yeah,
0: and I need to try and fill these gaps. And yeah. how do I fill them? Yeah, it could be doing your dis profiling stuff, listening to podcasts, like you said, talking to other coaches, and all those types of things. But actually, identify and go. I've got some gaps. I need to work on them. The same yeah. way as what we ask our players, right? Because we ask our players, here is what you you're, you're yeah. this, this, and this, but you're deficient in this. So in the off season, this is what. Yeah we kind of would like you to work on
1: well it's an interesting thing too right because then you look at strengths-based coaching for athletes and things and we always want to go back and highlight like you got selected you're in this team because you do these things well so we want to keep working on those same for coaching like for me now it's um like what you're talking about I know the things I do well and I know the things I don't so one can I can I actually change or do better at that okay Or do I want to, I guess is the other question. If I don't, but I know it's important, can I find someone else that can? Can my manager fill that Mm
2: -hmm. gap
1: of where I'm not very good? Or can one of my assistants, if I'm lucky enough to have an assistant coach, can they fill some of those gaps? Or do I go, actually, I am going to try and grow a little bit in the, um, like in the concise or data space so that I am being a little bit more specific and measured with those players that really need it when that's not naturally me. Um, I do think it's when coaches go, oh, I've got all these gaps. I'm going to fill them and I'm going to get better at this. And then all of a sudden you're overwhelmed as a coach. You're not having a lot of success yourself because you're trying so many things. It's, I actually heard um, Mike Cron say an awesome thing that he does bullets, not, not cannons to start with. So he tries little changes and little things before he'll go full noise with something. Um, and even though I know that, and I'm saying that to you, I'm 100% a cannons person, and that's <laughs> yeah. when I need to actually go, no bullets, bullets. Yeah.
0: Well, there's that there's that cool research around that knowing and doing gap. Like a lot of yeah. us, we know what we should be doing, but then we just we for some reason, whatever it is, it just doesn't connect. Well, oh, yeah. I can I can do it another yeah. time or whatever it is. Yeah. so that's really so within within all that self-awareness stuff and then like you're alluding to you you started becoming a little bit more athlete-centered rather than coach-centered yeah that there requires a lot of what i guess what we call the soft art of coaching but they're not really soft skills because they are quite quite difficult to actually start Yeah. yeah start picking them up so but the biggest thing that I've picked up is like your ability to connect with athletes on like, on a different level. How do you do it? Because yeah. in that seminar that you held, mm-hmm. like those, those uh, I was going to say kids, but they're not really kids. They're young adults that were up there. They couldn't talk highly enough of you, but they also, they would hold you accountable in a sense of going, like they weren't afraid of you as well to be like, yep. well, if she, if she yeah. messed up, she knew it would we would say it. Yeah, yeah, yes,
1: like, they would. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Honestly, for me, again, once I made the uh, became aware enough to go. Actually, it is important what these players think and what they want. Um, for me, it became more about. All right, as a person, if I was trying to get to know someone, how would I do that? wasn't about sport anymore and it's kind of ridiculous to think that it didn't occur to me until all these big moments of aha that actually I just need to get to know these players as people um, and for me that's a lot about Kai. like food is a great way of connecting with people so um, feeding my teams Um, before we step on the court to do stuff is a big thing for me so bringing in food um feeding them and then while we're doing that I try and grab people individually and have conversations and about nothing to do with basketball um I have learned about when dealing with teenagers um, being careful about some of the questions I ask because I can be quite flippant sometimes just being mindful of the questions I'm asking but um like my siblings and I have kind of competition about who Mum loves the most. So <laughs> I'll, I'll Talk to talking to players about, oh yeah, do you have siblings? What you know, um, who's your favourite sibling? You know, things like that. But being mindful that sometimes with younger people, some things come out there that you're like, oh, mm. that's wowsers. So yeah. that's a learning. But um, the yeah, the food and trying to do something fun off the court frequently and prior to asking people to compete so before um before we get into heavy competition stuff doing um team bonding and team activities that don't have anything to do with the sport to build a little bit of trust some humor um and trying to learn a little bit about them so that the next time i see them i can ask after their favorite sibling or their dog or so that they know actually I do think about them as people not just as players and you know pieces to be moved around um and then sharing that same those same things with them about myself um obviously being mindful of boundaries particularly when we're talking about young people Mm -hmm. um and the difference between having a good relationship and we're not friends like we're not going out to the movies you and I that's this is not what we're doing here but It is a genuine, showing a genuine interest in them as people. Um, And I try and keep that going during the season with, um, like we play warm-up games that aren't basketball, like we'll play Frisbee tag and all that kind of stuff, or we'll have side chats going on in our team chats about things that have nothing to do with the game so that they know I just don't invest in them to get some kind of result for me as a team. But I think that's all individual as well. Like for some people, that might make them really – coaches, it might make them really uncomfortable. You've got to find a way that works for you. That works for me. Kai, I'm all about the Kai. I'm all about having fun and playing games and, um, you know, karaoke and stuff like that, and that works for me.
0: It's, it's sounding a lot like me to me that you, you're you building a lot of security within the environments that yeah. you're built, not, in, not just safe, but like secure environments like yeah. – anybody could probably come in and be like, well, which one is, like, they're coming into your basketball group and they could probably be like, oh, Laurie's got 12 kids actually and all these children are her children or all these players are her actual children because, like, you're asking them, like, from that there, you're asking them real questions.
1: Yep.
0: Like, how are you? And I'd probably imagine that you genuinely want to know how they actually are because do I need to help this person because if in in some way, shape, or form and get yeah. and them some way, you're feeding them and like you alluded to any teenage boy and food, if you've got or any male and food, yes. you've got yeah. the forever, right? Hundred percent. And then and then you you're talking about team values. So then, which takes you back to that when you're at home, you've got your own family values around what's yeah. really important. So you've built this really big wicked network of like trust and and belief and care you've got this sense of belonging so these yeah even into a, a laurie mcdaniel environment is <laughs> like they're, they're coming home they're not they're not going yeah. to something
1: yep it, yeah i agree i well i'm glad that that's what you got from that because i hadn't actually thought about it that way but yeah absolutely yeah absolutely like it's very much kind of a, more of a Fano based than a like a just players rocking up. Um, I do think something for coaches and myself to consider when we build that level of trust. There does become a burden of responsibility. Of players are going to express things to you sometimes that you might not know what to deal with. Like some heavy things can come out of that. Um, so it's really important for us as coaches that we have support around and understand the difference between. I'm asking how you are. You've told me something that I, now I'm like I don't think you're good. Yeah. I don't, and I can't. I'm not equipped to deal with that. Mm. Um, let's have a conversation after tra- practice or whenever. A, a little bit more about that, and maybe we can find somewhere for you um, to get the support you need because I'm not equipped to deal with that. Because it's really easy, I think, depending on your personality, to all of a sudden take on the emotional um side of your players and sometimes that's awesome like players are elated and you're elated too and your players are down or sad or even depressed um we we don't want to to take on their feelings in that way I think we need to have um empathy for that and sympathy for that but being able to separate yourself sometimes as well otherwise like you said if you're creating a whanau environment or you know if I'm dealing with teenagers they are Treat them like my children or if I'm I've got an adult men's team like hey we're all friends there's a lot of burdens that can come with that too so I think for coaching in this modern era that's something we need to be mindful of coaches like making sure we look after ourselves because the greats are really great Mm -hmm. um the lows can be really low and the stronger your relationship with us the more those things impact you yeah in the um in
0: the him I yeah. want to go back to there was a particular player who you called out and said that he's a pain in your ass um, um but you I don't, I don't remember
1: I, I don't recall that
0: <laughs> <laughs> but but you said that in tongue and cheek and maybe it's yeah. just because that's just his personality and who he yeah. is um but he shared a real cool story around uh one of the conversations that you had with him around how he was um, I think you just said, what do you want to get out of the season or you can you share that with, with us? Yeah. Don't have to go into too much detail, but just yeah, like. Sure. Um,
1: so in one of my, <clears throat> the first team session we had, um, we basically the players are playing, they're just scrimmaging and one at a time, I'll pull them over and have a chat. And one of the questions is um, what's going to be enjoyable for you this season? What is being, what is playing What does enjoyable look like for you when you're playing basketball this year? And he was like, well, I want to have a lot of fun on the court and off the court and I want to get better. And if I don't, I'll quit. And I was like, right, Uh, that's good to know. Um, What does enjoyable mean for you then? And we talked through that a little bit more. And I said, "Okay, well, who's responsible for that? Me or you or the team or and we kind of fleshed it out a little bit. Um, and I just asked for him to be really honest with me during the season. If at any time he was like, this is not enjoyable for me. And then the it was the question was, is it not enjoyable because of something he was doing? It's not enjoyable because of something that was happening in the team? Or was it not enjoyable because of something I was doing? He couldn't just say it's not enjoyable. Well, that's a bit of a cop-out answer for an adult. Um so we kind of workshop that a little bit um but it was great i checked in several times with him and the yeah at no point did he go yeah i'm gonna quit because this is not enjoyable anymore
0: yeah and that's isn't that cool like you took like it was you took that ambiguity away of like if i'm not enjoying it to go well what does that all look like what does that mean? you know yeah. So you've got some markers or some cues to go all right, sweet. So we know or well, you can start almost mentally planning if it's a him thing, do we need to put some more support around yep. him? If it's a team thing, well, do we yep. need to have team hui and what's yep. what's going on internally? Or if it's a me thing, do I need to start figuring out yep. well, what is it about me? Do I need to get him at, yep. like back to do I need to get him in another coach yep. to support him?
1: Yeah. And seven or eight years ago, or five, even five or six to be fair, wouldn't one have occurred to me to do that or two? really thought about how that conversation should go um because it could have been a broad conversation like oh well, just let me know if you're not enjoying it mm. Yeah, that's actually not that helpful for anyone um and naturally i don't add layers to things so this is somewhere i've invested some time and going okay actually need to dig into a few more layers and not just roll off the top and go oh let me know if you're not enjoying it then yeah yeah and then,
0: so season you've had that conversation. Seasons played out. You checked in several times. What was like? How did did you see? Did you know how he played prior to that, or anything about him prior yeah, to that? I had
1: had a little bit of engagement with him when he was in high school. Um, and actually, it's a pretty cool story for him. Like he was a late developer, so he was still quite fast, but he was quite small. Um, didn't make rep teams really. Um, wasn't really anyone that players kind of or coaches talked about. Um, so I had had some engagement with him and then he'd come back after um, being away and working and doing some stuff, had come back to the sport and wanted to play. Um, and so it was just great to see him immediately having some success. Like some of it was just based on his physical like he'd grown, he'd gotten a grown-up man's body, like yeah. muscular and height and um, just general strength. So that completely changed his, probably some of his outcomes, which probably made it more enjoyable for him. Um, but, yeah, uh, what I knew before and then what I saw, I was like, oh, it's just kind of put some muscle to his speed and it's changed his game and it looks like it's fun for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's um, that's wicked. And so from the from the soft that's a soft skill, and we've gone through the journey of a good coach. and now we're starting looking at what greatness or what a great coach looks like. in your experience, um, and also you're pretty well connected as well. What do you see? Great coaches. What do great coaches do in your eyes? Because you said what do you have to look at what a good coach does? What does a great coach do?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question in and of itself. And I'm really thankful that I'm in the position I get to see so many different coaches. Um, and to be honest, a lot of the great coaches I see aren't always the professional coaches or the ones that get paid to do what they're doing. There are so many great coaches operating in our community coaching under 10s, coaching high school, coaching club. Um, and for me, what I see with great coaches is they are truly themselves. They are comfortable being themselves and they've <clears throat> their themselves um, just naturally does things really well, or it looks natural. Maybe they put a lot, a lot of work into it, but they're just able to be themselves in a way that makes sense for their players. Um, So that's, for me, what um, great great coaches do. And further to that, it's probably those great coaches keep their content really relevant and engaging. So when you're watching a practice or a game, what they're doing is relevant to the group they're working with, and it's engaging for that particular group um, constantly, constantly. And I think that's a real art to be able to do that. And again, not necessarily the professional level coaches, although there are lots of them, um, but just general coaches that can be themselves, keep the content engaging and relevant. Um, and then the at the higher level, from what I've seen, the great coaches have created relationships that can withstand challenge. So it's really great that we create good relationships But is it a great relationship if it can't withstand a challenge? So there's an environment there that conflict is okay. So it's positive conflict. It's not, um, oh, you said something I don't like, so now I'm not going to talk to you or I'm going to quit or I'm going to be real pissy. it's actually there's a process maybe like I don't like this or this happened and I need to talk to you but I know that that's just part of our culture it's not an event and it's not a game changer it's just this is part of it Mm -hmm. and we have this conversation and we get an outcome and we move on that's probably a big thing. Uh, Two two
0: real cool points there I pulled from that Uh, pretty sure Liz probably pulled a couple as well but the relation that relationship went to withstand challenge. I was talking to Robbie Deans and he was talking about his time like when they're trying to set up, uh set their standards and and values and all that type of stuff uh for the Canterbury teams and the mm-hmm. Crusader teams that he's coached. And he he explained that um he's got principles around um around their standards around what they what they need to do to be a crusader man or to be a canterbury man. And he talks about if you if you think it, you say it, you do it. And sometimes it takes people to be quite brave to actually, because everybody can think, I need to say this, but mm. no people aren't kind of brave enough to say it.
1: Mm, to say it,
0: yeah. Yeah, and so once you build up that bravery to say it, then it takes a lot of courage to actually go and do it because then now you okay. have to become quite accountable yeah. around the whole process. Yeah. So the story that he shared with us was around uh, Justin Marshall came in, um, or they're doing this value session and and they got the social norms, everybody was so sealed to, to deliver and they're about to go and do something else. But then Justin Marshall stood up and we know how much um mm-hmm. from from the outside and how much like he will he'll say what he says, like a spade mm-hmm. is a spade. And he did that. He he literally just said, what um who's actually going to do this yeah because i've just lost this is just after todd blackadder had left as captain and he's the talisman of what a crusader yeah. is all that type of stuff well who is actually going to stand up and who's going to who's going to enforce <laughs> all these values and stuff like that and it became challenging conversations they became quite difficult conversation yeah. but the thing that robbie said um from all of that, is that you can't you can't hide away from that, no. Nah. Because as soon as you do, then things you can't then you you don't have any standards, you don't have any accountability, because we're just saying stuff
1: now.
0: Mm. we we've all signed off socially, right? It, like yeah. the social norms, we've all signed off yeah. on it. I mean, it's okay. That's up there. And how many times have we seen walls? Wouldn't yeah, Yeah, no, yeah. and we just don't really live by them.
1: No, yeah. It's uh, making those things. So, in the big buzzword for everyone now is, oh, we have a good team culture. We have a good team culture, right? So, yeah. it's what does that actually mean? And sometimes, at least for me, it's actually having processes around that. So, if there is something that occurs that someone's like, oh, that's not good and it doesn't reflect our processes, I know that I should, I don't immediately go to the coach because maybe that's like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. Maybe it's the kind of, a leadership or a team member or someone that's put their hand up and said, I'm, I'll, I will be the person that can mediate or take that to the coach or there's a group or, you know, you've got a word you throw out before you start talking to the team that everyone knows, oh, this is actually going to be a bit serious. We get in the mind frame that we need to, to discuss that or whatever it is. But, yeah, just saying, oh, we need to be able to have open conversations doesn't create an environment where you can no. have open conversations. Um, particularly, you've got to think about power dynamics and everything, right? You're coaching younger players;
2: mm-hmm.
1: they're not. Maybe they don't want to say anything, or maybe adults are much more likely to say something when they shouldn't. All those yeah. kinds of things.
0: Yeah, that's kind of like that Brene Brown stuff, like in her Dare to Lead book, and she talks about having. All right, this is going to. This conversation is going to be a rumble, and so yeah. it just hits everybody up around the table like. Okay, we're gonna have that right. conversation. Yeah. But then it's um and this is probably one thing that I'm looking at trying to um work on is actually setting we we almost need to set well what is the outcome that we're correct. To, there needs here.
1: to be an action or yeah. what happens after the conversation.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so so we're gonna have we're gonna have we'll use Brene's stuff, we're gonna have a rumble because we need to get these are the outcomes that we're that we're trying to mm-hmm. try to work out. And so Whatever's said, we need to have it said because we need to try and come to this outcome. And then it becomes less a um a moan session and, and a whining session. It becomes more of a, a conversation around yeah. like you said, around action. Let's get to yeah. this outcome. Yeah. Which is And a um,
1: lot of that too, if you've created good enough um either values or expectations or whatever word you want to put on that to tie back into that, like, okay, I've got an issue. This happened. And I have a problem with it because it didn't tie into this. And I feel like this is really important. Okay, what do we do about that? And how do we move forward? So we are going to be tying back into what we believe is good for our team. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because otherwise there's nothing worse than just a full on bitch and moan. And then that's like the ripple effect. Now two or three other people are bitching and moaning about it as well. Um, you gotta yeah bitching up is good but also not just bitching right it's actually got to be um,
2: I think too like you know it comes back to the earlier points that you talked around is that you know like sort of knowing your players like it kind of reflect back yeah. on what it's like to kind of coach and being in a, in a yeah. female environment as we know females are often like emotional overthinkers so like yeah. how do you Approach a challenging situation and get yeah. a great outcome where potentially, and it's not always the case, but men can quite often be a lot more of a logical thinker. Yeah. Uh, and you can probably move through something quite, quite like more quickly than you would maybe um, with a group of girls. So, yeah, it is kind of like hearing that you're, yeah, you know, bringing those points of a good and a great coach together that, you know, all those sort of yeah. soft skills come into play and how important it is to kind of get that base base right.
1: Well, and ultimately it, it ties back into knowing your players and knowing yourself, right? Whether it's males, females, or it, I mean, we can't group, we don't want to group tar people with the same brush because everyone's different. But yeah, I know this woman and this team will behave this way when this is happening. Okay. And this is how I can redirect that or whatever it is. Or I know if there's a problem with this player um, they're not going to say anything but their behaviours will be a certain way so okay then I approach them or I know they have a good relationship with this other player that mm-hmm. player will approach those kinds of things we ask a lot of coaches man
2: oh, oh. we ask
1: yeah. a lot of coaches but and we've
2: even talking about voluntary right
1: yeah you know, tech, tech knowledge but we're asking them to be <laughs> sports likes and mums and dads and it's yeah it's crazy yeah,
0: yeah it's um it is a big thing I know that we've I've Sat down and started looking at, like, a like, what does uh, there's the coach in the middle, and then there's all these expectations around the coach. So, and who are all the people that have these expectations that put on the coach, but also what the it's not a one way street. The coach also has expectations Mm. outweigh. And if if you've got all these people, and even yourself with all these expectations, and if you don't know if you're not comfortable in yourself, like, you need to start, like just imagine that that oh. pressure that's just oh. down on you especially if things aren't going right and there's like Absolutely. maybe there's a little bit of mutiny going on in your team environment or your coaching group and you're just like it's not safe for you or healthy for you as a coach. Correct. yeah. Um, another real cool point around keeping it relevant as in a great coach um what I loved about that is you can't you have to keep growing like you can't yeah. you can't uh you can't stand still and you can't be comfortable in what you're doing you have to push the boundaries and again we we talked about filling those gaps but know what you're really good at but trying to keep growing try try a new drill try a new something try and add another new rule or law into a into mm. a modified game just to keep it fresh and up to date so that the players aren't getting bored but then more importantly you're not getting bored because yeah yeah although coaching is challenging once you get to it you need to we still need to enjoy the challenge of coaching and go shit I got that wrong a little bit how can I how can I how can I learn what can I learn from that
1: I think it's a really good point that um everyone has to enjoy it so regardless of the level like if you went in and asked some of those crusader guys or the all-black guys like in some level they have to be enjoying what they're doing unless they're like an andre agassi that absolutely hated their sport but excelled like good for him but that's the exception not the rule right even in high performance sport now and enjoyment doesn't mean that it's just shits and giggles all the time right it's just that big picture you find some kind of joy in what you're doing. And sometimes that's the process of something being really difficult and overcoming a challenge, but you've got to enjoy it. And really great coaches ensure that everybody enjoys being part of that team and feels valued in doing so, including themselves um, and their manager or their assistant coach. And that's just such an art, man. Like it's, and I don't even know that great coaches can do that every single time for every single player. Like, is that even possible? Every time you step on a field or a court that every single person involved in it goes, yeah, you're amazing and that was amazing and I love it and I'd be back. I doubt it.
0: No, and and you probably see it when like teams win championships or and then all of a sudden – Somebody's left the next yep. year, they're not there, and it's just like, I didn't enjoy it. And you're like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? We just want to talk. Yeah, yeah
1: that <laughs> awesome. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: yeah
0: but-
1: which, which I think then ultimately for us as coaches, it is really important and that little bit of a selfish aspect that when you do step away, you've got to be able to say, overall, I am happy with what I did. There are going to be some people that maybe weren't happy with what I did, but am I happy with what I did? and maybe yes i'd reflect and change some things or do some things differently but overall i'm happy with with what i did or if i'm not i'm going to change what i did
0: yeah yeah that's that's real awesome um cool well I've got a Oh yeah, go.
2: Okay, I just wanted to kind of like tap into I guess the female space again and obviously yep. you're a female coach and and in a sport that probably for a long time traditionally has been really male dominated like yep. it's changing now and we know how popular basketball is becoming and yep. growing and evolving but you know you've been really successful and I kind of know from an outside looking in that so many people admire you and see you as a great coach. Nice. How have you managed to stay like in this journey um and and not give up. Like you've you continue to grow and develop and you've you know had some amazing roles and um bits and pieces. So what's kept you going and what's kept you engaged for so long? Um
1: that's a really great question. Probably some of it comes back to my like upbringing and my parents. Like um I love my all my parents um but no one's probably ever been harder on me or more horrible to me than they have. So then when you go out and about in the regular world, you're like, oh, yeah, good, good, good. Um, so that's probably a great thing. I also think um, some of it maybe is personality-based. Like, I I love being good at, I want to be good at what I do, and so I'm always trying to get better, um, and so part of that's failing, and I'm okay with that and have always been okay with that, I guess. Like it's almost like a no shame kind of thing, like, mm oh, well, that was terrible, but I'll I'll move on. Um, and then I'm really fortunate that I have a really great core group of um, friends that are also sports. People have been played sport a lot that are really in the moments where you're just like, this is terrible. I'm not doing it. I'm not good at it. That kind of community of people that go, nah, stick at it. You can do it. It's you know, you're doing a great job, or just let you rant and say, yeah, everyone's terrible, um, and kind of support your anger for a little bit, Um, that I think is really powerful. I'm really, really fortunate in in that, and with my family as well, the the same. Um, But then ultimately I think I really love my sport, like really love it, and all the amazing things that can come from it Um, but also all the horrible things that can happen in like as far as burning athletes out or treating them terribly Mm -hmm. having poor experiences part of me feels as a member of that community that I have a responsibility to try and help things be as good as they can be Um, so I almost part of me feels like it's almost a duty if you're part of the community to do the best that you can all the time and if I've got my family and and friends going and keeping me involved in it. That's really helpful. But I also just love it and um have come to, like I do some good things as well. Like I oh, it's taken me quite a while to be able to say, actually, I am good at some stuff mm-hmm. and I want to keep doing what I'm good at. I don't like doing things I'm not good at. And I've gotten to a place where I'm doing some good things here. So I want to keep doing it. Um that was a very long answer and Liz, I'm not sure if I really answered
2: the question well or not. No, it, honestly, it's awesome. I think it just kind of gives, you know, and and I don't know. You felt like that at times, but I know I felt like sometimes you can be quite isolated and feel very yeah. alone, um, yeah. because you are kind of, I guess, the the, the minority, um, yeah. and you're battling away. But like you said, you're ultimately there because you want to influence change, that you know yeah. it be better or how it should be done, and you yeah. kind of you, like you you want to win that battle, like you want to yeah. be that and you want to grow and um, you want to grow, grow your sport and you want to yeah. sort of find the same love you've had in it exactly. so no nah, awesome thanks you're very welcome I also think we are
1: quite fortunate in basketball that um, we have had some very strong female people involved and so particularly in this region I don't think it's abnormal yeah like a lot of our teenage Boys growing up wouldn't be it wouldn't be abnormal for them to be coached at a high level by a female. And that makes a massive difference as well. Just it normalizes mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, so that's that's really cool.
0: And how did basketball get to that space? Like get to that point. Yeah, good question. Um That's that's, should, just, that's good question. One good
1: yeah,
2: question. Really. <laughs> that's
0: one good question for Ricky and three for Liz, by the way, if everyone
1: <laughs> um that's a really good question and i'm not sure like i remember in high school even like vicky cowley that works at sport canterbury was my first high school basketball coach and she coached the boys as well um great honestly i don't know how to answer i'm going to be very i don't know how to answer that question or why that's the case here when it's definitely not the norm Mm -hmm. um I'm gonna to have to put some thought
0: into that and yeah. figure that out oh well, when you when you come up with a, with a reason, <laughs> the answer to we'll, that. we'll come back and we'll and we'll let everybody know what yeah. I loved about your answer is that you said that you're okay with failing because a lot of coaches aren't right yeah I'm not comfortable with it but I don't I listened to something because I'm an avid listener of podcasts and mm. avid reader and uh I think it was. Simon Sinek was talking to maybe a potential another basketball, a female basketball coach or something. I'm not too sure, Mm -hmm. but she talked about herself. Was she's fine with failing, but she doesn't call it failing. She calls it falling. So I fall over, but I'll get back up. But if I fail, I'm staying down there, and I don't see me staying down there. So she just back up and just goes again and goes again and goes again. And I was like, that was a cool way that she was able to reframe. So yeah, not to, yeah to falling, and I was just like, but mm-hmm. when you see that, it just sounded, it just sparked another um.
1: Yeah, well, and I think it's we've got to practice what we preach a little bit, right? Like we're talking to athletes about and our players that they need to learn and expand and grow and try, and we can't get on them for failing because that's how they learn, or they didn't have success, or they didn't get the outcome they wanted. You need to try a different way of doing it then. It's yeah. really hypocritical of me then to be preaching that, but actually I'm only going to do this the one way and I don't fail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, yeah, is, a, is I think something for us to be aware of too, the do what I say not as I do thing doesn't really work anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. So at one point, if anybody's listening in, remember to do the um, look forward to failing. Just jump into that, dive into that.
1: yeah. Well, it's such good learning right and I do think which is a great thing for us now in sport that so many more of us use like games based and decision making aspects to the sport because growing up I was relatively skilled and cons- I knew lots of concepts but my decision making was horrific because mm-hmm. we just yeah. didn't do a lot of games based playing we played a lot um but in our practices it was all one line one ball all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, no, wicked. Oh, we'll jump into our quick fire section. You're um, oh, all nervous. All right. Yeah, yeah these, these are the questions that I didn't let you, um, let okay. you have a look at. So you're inviting three people to dinner. Who are they and what are you cooking? Because food's a big part of your yes. way that you yep. create environments. Great question.
1: Uh, like anyone in the whole wide world?
0: Yeah, Anyone. Yeah, living, dead, okay. family, right. non-family, anybody.
1: Right. Um, my son, my tower. And ooh, third, my college basketball coach, and I am co- uh, I am cooking um, a jambalaya over cheesy garlic grits with um, parmesan bacon biscuits. Is now is
0: that dish? Has that got anything to do to do with where you went to college in the United States? Or? Uh,
1: a little bit. Like, yeah. I really like soul food and um, I love um, grits and um, southern food. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I'm going to come back to your college basketball coach and find out their name, but okay. I don't you to share it just yet, just in case it. Gotcha. Yeah. So what is one of your favourite rugby or sporting memories, coaching or playing? Rugby. Oh, does nah, it doesn't. No, sporting. It will change. Okay. Sporting, yeah,
1: sporting. Yeah, yeah. Coaching or playing.
0: Yeah. We'll go basketball. What's your favourite basketball memory?
1: Um, Actually, my favourite basketball memory wasn't even basketball, but um, in college we went, uh, my coach was awesome, and she, when we were in Chicago we went to a restaurant as a team where the, it was an Italian restaurant where the um, waiters and wait staff sang opera when they served you. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favourite memories. Yeah.
0: But that's, that's pretty cool because a lot of – that's a cool memory to have because a lot of stuff happens – a lot of cool stuff happens when you do go away on tours, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And they normally get kept there as well. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, who's a coach that's had a positive impact to you? So who's your favourite coach?
1: Great question. Um, probably my college coach. So I talked about June Olkowski was her name. Um she was just the best storyteller. She was from Philadelphia. Um, she just was the greatest storyteller. Like anything she t- anything she talked about was so engaging and she was so animated and personable. Um, and probably the first time that I built a really strong relationship with someone that coached me, as in I felt like she genuinely was interested and invested in in me, particularly being like um, coming from New Zealand, I did not have any family, and she really went out of her way, within NCAA guidelines, of course, (laughs) of um, making sure I felt included and welcomed and supported, uh, and that was really cool.
0: So no little envelopes of cash underneath the pillowcase, was it?
2: (laughs) No. (laughs) No.
1: No, but yeah, no, she was amazing,
2: um, and, and
1: she was really good basketball coach, like technically and tactically. Yeah, yeah, like your pick.
2: If you can think back to right at the start of your um, sort of journey on becoming, you know, Laurie the basketball coach, what would be the one piece of advice that you would give your young self starting out as a coach? Pull your head in. <laughs> Um,
1: i honestly was so i just put zero thought into actually what coaching was and i just kind of mimicked or um i i didn't think about why i was coaching or who i was coaching i just rocked in with this preconceived idea based on nothing at all um and just started going hard like i was i don't know like i was teaching jedis or something and i knew everything it was like yeah this is not this is you know this is not the game you're looking for or something I was just so freaking arrogant
2: cool wicked um so when you're not coaching or you know out and about I guess like connecting and interacting with players and the community what would be your go-to activity
1: Well, day drinking is a big thing of mine. I'm a big fan of day (laughs) drinking. Um, But if we're talking about like actual, um, actual, I love reading. I'm a massive, I love reading and I love um, sci-fi and fantasy. Oh yeah. And movies as well. That's a big thing. My son and I love um, sci-fi movies, but yeah, anything sci-fi, fantasy, either a movie or reading is probably my next favourite Thing to do after being involved in sport.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and to kind of pull that question back into your basketball contents, what uh, content, what is your go to activity, like, or drill or game that you like pretty much will roll out?
1: Yep. It's a drill called Chaos Layups. And it's basically just taking the old traditional layup line and making um, almost, you know, half the team has a ball, they're all doing layups at the same time. After your lab, you've got to find someone else and kick it out. And then you've got to sprint. So you've got to navigate traffic. It's chaotic. Um, everyone's getting a mass number of reps. That's probably my favorite activity. Yeah, if you ask players now, they're probably like, oh, can we do something different? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I'm sure they love it. It's better, better than getting in those lines, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and kind of last quick fire question is um, what does it, what does being a coach mean to you? Ooh. So I think ultimately
1: for me, a coach is being just an all encompassing support system, like being there to see and help facilitate players get what they want out of that experience. And you're there as a support, whether that's emotional, whether that's tech tech. Um, whether that's a support for the the club or organization you're working for, you're basically a support system um, and facilitating experiences, really. You're almost like working on the love boat. You're Julie from the love boat. You're just facilitating (laughs) games, experiences. And most people listening to this are below the age of 50. Don't know what I'm talking about, but um, (laughs) Julie from the love boat.
2: No, nah, that's wicked. Um, yeah, we'll just kind of I guess wrap things up now. And I know both me and Ricky have like had a blast and learned so much. Like it's so interesting getting an opportunity to talk to um not only other coaches, but other coaches at sit yeah. in other sports because yeah quite often we're all kind of working for the same objectives and we're we're driven by the same goals, right? Um, The thing that kind of changes is probably a little bit of the um, probably technical knowledge because tactical is often the same. Yep. Um, Some of the stuff that I really loved and I've written here for sort of takeaways is around that growing too much. So obviously Mm. we know what our strengths are and we want to grow and evolve as a coach, but don't stretch too much because like a rubber band, it'll just snap. snap. So know which areas you need to grow in. Um, it was really interesting too that like your mum was probably a really influential coach in your life growing up so you had the awesome experience of having a a female coaching you and um, even throughout your journey like one of your best moments or or the coaches had the biggest impact on you was a female as well when you were over in the states so um, I guess you've had in in some sense some really great role models in in terms of yeah absolutely strong woman uh, take on that role and own it um, the disc profiling was really interesting. And I guess for anyone that kind of wants to look further into where their strengths actually truly lie. And I know we can get feedback from others around us or players, oh, yeah. but or you know, quite often our own perception probably is not. Always correct, or we don't want to kind of like own yeah. the stuff. Yeah, into do. it. Yep. Yeah, so kind of looking into like where do our strengths actually truly lie? So you know that could be something for for people in our community to look at, look into.
0: Yeah, we might um try and find a link and we'll drop it into the show notes around just profiling. So yeah, looking there for it.
1: And there's lots of there's lot there's a wide variety of things that are similar to that. Disc just just happens to be the one that that I've done several times that I really like
2: yeah no that's that's honestly awesome um and yeah my biggest probably takeaway is that you know um basically knowing yourself um and your players is probably like one of the best things you can do as a coach is the tech and tech can come come after that but you know like for you it's coming together over Kai and really getting to know people and um, creating a really safe space that people can authentically be themselves mm. um, is honestly wicked. Um, yeah, I- I've had a blast probably. Yes, I you know did. Ricky and me could probably talk to you for hours on end and, you know, before we know it. I come. can talk for hours yeah. on end. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we might need to or- organise some uh, day drinking session or something like yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely.
2: That. It's
1: my favourite activity. But <laughs> <laughs> And thank you very much for having me on and having a chat because for me the the questions that people ask like you guys ask some awesome questions that just makes me then you go oh shit is that what I mean like I'll go away and be like oh they asked me that and I said this did I really mean that so the, the questions when we're having these conversations are so great and it's so good for learning for everyone just Asking questions and really thinking about having to give an answer, so yeah. I appreciate that. For me,
0: have you, got you. A, have you maybe got a question for Liz and I to uh, help you with? Ooh,
1: I think how something I'm interested in because Liz, you touched on it with cross coding. Um, how have you? How do you guys manage to ask questions of coaches from other codes? and when they give answers, make it relevant for rugby? She said your are you first.
2: Uh, uh, yeah, I guess, again, like a really, really great question is, is for me, and I know Ricky's very much the same, as that the best learning comes from an array of areas. And that's why we quite often, um, you know, go across different codes is yep. what, what have they got to offer or what are they doing differently or what could we apply? And actually, mm-hmm. to me so far, the answer is, is that we're all doing the same. Like mm-hmm. it's, um you know it might be worded differently or you might share a little snippet that's slightly different or um you might have a bit more experience so you've actually tried it and you might have fooled or failed so you've got up and you've reassessed it as um you know I'm in a position now where my son's heavily involved in basketball and I go and watch basketball and I was like oh man like I reckon I could coach this like 100% 100% you could yeah. like to me it's just like like it's just like rugby and yeah. when I start breaking it down and then you know like I've been watching like American football and you know I, I love manipulating defense I could go out and coach that like 100%. yeah like before you know it, you open up your eyes and you literally I think as a coach could go out and probably oh,
1: how, in. Good, how good would that be if we did like a code swap one day like all right yeah um you guys are going to pop along and coach my men's prem team, and let's see let's see what they get out of it and how that goes. Oh, actually, if you're anyone's interested, I would 100% whack a rugby coach on my men's prem team yeah. um, for a session and see see what happens. I think that'd be incredible.
0: That sounds like a wicked challenge. Yeah. To do. Um,
2: yeah, I don't know if I answered that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, no, you,
0: you did. You did. You answered it real well, and I think. What's really enjoyable about talking to coaches from other um, from other sports is not once in this conversation today have we talked about the X's and O's of basketball? Yeah. The first time we brought it up was around um, your chaos drill, and that was yeah. that was the first time that we talked about the technical mm-hmm. and tactical side of things. So when coaches get together, the only thing that we can really talk about is coaching, and so it becomes. Our context is different, but our content is the same. Yeah, if that makes if that makes sense. And
1: so,
0: so when if we're out and, and we're talking to uh, a hockey coach or we're talking to a netball coach, the principles of coaching are the same. Like if if we break down what you've just alluded to today, and Liz did a beautiful way of um, briefing this conversation. A good coach is someone that um, is able to be self-reflective, but a great coach is someone that's able to take that self-reflection and action it, and that's what I'm hearing from here. Because from, mm. from that conversation that I sat in the other day at your event, you're a great coach because you action everything that the players have told you, and you action everything that you do, and but you're so self-aware of who you are and in, in the situation that you're in, that there's no you. There's no room. There's no space for an ego. I think some players I like, disagree with that. A little
1: bit. <laughs> oh, and don't that's get part of who I am, but I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. like, like yeah. there
0: is an ego, but it's not an ego about you. It's an ego about us. And so, yeah. I, and I think that's the difference. Where I think there are probably there are coaches that are that we're all aware of that have that ego of going. This is where I want to go to. This is how I'm going to get there. This is how I'm gonna do it. Yep. You're either with me or against me. And I don't and I don't care who you are as a player. Yep. And and you probably see those ones, those ones probably go really, and I think that's in any profession, right? Like it's yep. not oh, syn- that was,
1: that was like, me like, when I started coaching. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But
0: I don't think it's synonymous to coaches. It's with lawyers, with doctors, yep. so much research out there around like the difference between givers and takers. Yep. And those take your coaches, they get so far, but they get found out real quick, right?
1: Mm.
0: Like so fast. And then you've probably seen the rise of like being the rise of how important culture is. You don't have to have the technical and tactical knowledge. And I think you you brought up a really cool point. It's like maybe I'm not the right coach. And I know that Razor's not shy of letting other coaches know that he brings in the best coach because he knows his skill set. wicked storyteller he's got great ideas he's brilliant in his defense and his contact area because he's worked so diligently Mm. at that and then it's probably no like it's probably not by chance that Rich Maunga when Ronan O'Gara was here became an all-black that year it's not by chance that when Leon McDonald was an all an ex-all-black fullback that David Havili became an all-black fullback like they're those expert coaches to know how to take those Players yeah. to that next level. Yeah, now great coaches, and it's not by and it's not by them wagging, shaking their finger at them. It's yeah, by them connecting with them and going, hey, this is these are the trials and tribulations that I went through. Yeah, you manipulate this, and then it's that whole thing, we go back to, and they probably pick that up. Razor does a lot of work with a lot of or a lot of great coaches do a lot of work with coaches from heaps of sports, mm. like because I can. St- stand still and be a rugby coach and be comfortable in my environment or I can go out and I can go to a basketball coach and talk to them go to a netball coach talk to them and we did we've got a project coming a pilot that we're we're trialing at the Mm. moment like bees, coaches our Canterbury Bees coaches came to us and said we want to learn from other coaches and see what they're doing what does best practice look like as a coach in cricket and in in basketball we want to we want to talk to those coaches and isn't that Uh, like that's we're now we're not talking about sport now we're talking about coaching
1: coaching yeah Yeah.
0: and I think that's the um and that's the cool thing about these this podcast that we're trying to do and especially this year is that we want to we want to learn from as much as we can from a whole raft of people. We also yeah. want to see great coaching stories from our great community coaches, yep. but we've got firefighters coming in, like nice. I talk to a mm. doctor and, and our yeah. police and our nurses, like things that we can pull from other. And for everybody listening in, it's not the context that they're putting it's the content that they're talking about. So listen, yep. if we can listen to the content, yeah. We can start, just take what you need. You don't need to take all of it and be like, all of a sudden I need to do this. <laughs> just take what you need and be like, oh, yeah. I really like that. Oh, I don't agree with that. Or, no, that doesn't really sit right with me. It's, it's fine. But find something that you that you like, that you heard, and go, I'll take this. But, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: And if you're talking about long answers, that was one <laughs> yeah. long answer.
1: Well, that's my jam too. So <laughs> well, done. well done you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But um yeah, I just want to pick up from where Liz left left off. Like it, this has been a wicked conversation, Laurie, and um I don't want to take up too much of your time. We're almost getting to um the afternoon. So <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, like I'm honestly I'm looking I'm really looking forward to working alongside you with our um, next level coaching. Pilot. Yeah, same.
1: I'm excited about that. Out.
0: And um yeah if there are any coaches out there in the rugby community that want to take on um, running a session of a men's um, yeah. basketball team. Men's,
1: just, I, honestly, I'd be all about it.
0: Yeah. Just, uh, I might drop your email in the show notes. Yeah, please. Yeah, do. It.
1: Absolutely. And, and now, Welcome. Yeah. Like you came along to our, one of our coaches sessions, happy for coaches from other codes to come in. Cause like you said, it just adds to the conversations Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's all relevant we're all coaches or we're all facilitators or whatever it is we're doing everyone's got something to add
0: yeah no beautiful awesome cool well thanks laurie really loved it
1: you're very welcome thank you for having me on i really appreciate the combos and uh, look forward to chatting again